so welcome to Decent Rowing Podcast number eight. Today we're going to be talking about warm-up and uh, you know how you can use it to your advantage. Last week we talked about resource allocation in clubs and uh, yeah, so what are we going to talk about with warm-up, Ken? Well, warm-up's one of those things that's, that's really important if you want to get the best performance and avoid injuries. And so often people will deal with a warm-up and they tend to treat it as just on water, and that's not the way to do it. It's a lot easier to get your body warmed up, as in physically warm, get your muscles warm, loosened up, uh, fully extended. I do that on the land. It's generally a lot easier than in a boat, and it's quite simple to do on land. Uh, I'd suggest a bit of a run or a bit of time on the ergo, just gently rowing just to get things moving, and then a series of stretches, and mostly dynamic type movements, so leg swings, uh, arm swings, just movement stretches rather than static hold stretches. We don't want to do static hold stretches uh, as part of the warm up. So I suggest that get all the athletes so they so they uh, raise a light sweat maybe, but you wouldn't want to go anything beyond that uh, in that phase. And it should only take them about I don't know nine minutes, not very long at all, uh, and and get them ready for the water. The one of the mistakes that people often make is that they say, right, let's do a warm-up, and they race off and do their warm-up on land, and that's really great, and then they come back to the shed, and then they start to get their boat out, and they get the boat out, and they put it on trestles, and they have a bit of a look at it, and change a bit of the rig, and take their oars down to the water. By the time they've done that, they're cold, and so they have to do the warm-up again, essentially. So when you're coordinating it at the shed, uh, get the boat out, get it ready, get your oars down on the pontoon so you're ready to go, then do the warm-up, come back, pick up the boat, get on the water. So it's often you see people that just spend too much time after the warm-up before they get on the water, which essentially wastes the whole process. So I think the off-water warm-up is something that's often underrated and people tend to think, well, hang on, I want to get on the water so I can get a long water session. But the reality is that if you're going to warm-up on land, then that's going to... Uh, be more efficient than on the water and you're going to reduce the amount of on water warm-up you need to have so so do it on the land my experience has been that mostly athletes don't do it on the land and i think it's you'll just put it in the routine and have it as an automatic before you get out on the water you do the warm-up so that's a bit of a like a intensive sort of warm-up like that's you know really in depth the athlete needs to know lots of exercises do lots of things you know it takes nine minutes for example that's probably just the the movement part of it and um yeah it's it's quite complicated for for me with my rowing uh warm-up i found that probably the best way is to just go for like a little walk to start with when you get so you get to the sheds get out your car it's early in the morning you sort of need to loosen everything up a bit go for a you know, a short, maybe, you know, two, three minute walk. Uh, you know, if you've got a group of you, you can be, you know, a bit of a social social occasion. Go for a walk, come back to the shed and uh, do a bit of stretching, I find is, is most helpful for me because I'm usually quite inflexible. And I found that the two best stretches that have really helped me out with my rowing when I get on the water is, uh, is doing a glute stretch before... So glute stretch and, you know, I just do a a static sort of stretch, just hold the glute stretch for, you know, maybe 30 to 45 seconds on each leg and also hip flexor stretch. And, uh, yeah, I also do the same thing after training. So the glute stretch and the hip flexor stretch, uh, yeah, it's been 
shown they did some uh, did a study uh, showing that doing those two stretch stretches reduced uh, lower back pain by a quite a number. I, f- I forget what it was, but I found that certainly with my rowing, I feel a lot more comfortable when I get into the boat. I can get good length around the catch if I do these stretches beforehand as opposed to not doing them afterwards. And so, you know, I don't so much warm up like I'm ready to go on, you know, race 2Ks as soon as I get on the water, but it's, uh, you know, it's it's still preparing my body to be able to get into the right positions and and um, and do it. So so there's lots of different ways you can do your, do your warm-ups, but, um, yeah, that's just the way I've found to be good and I've been able to stick with it and it's a routine and I do it every time I, I go to training now. Yeah, and I think that's probably the most important part is to do some warm-up on land and and make it part of the routine. So there's no real conversation required, it's just this is what you do before you get on the water. And once you get on the water, then the there's two bits you really want to warm up. One is your body and the muscles, and one is your mind. And they're quite different drills required for this. Uh, warming up your body, then I'd suggest uh, that you don't go with the arms only and then arms and body, arms, body, legs and so on. That I'd suggest have the arms and the body working together. The reason being that we don't want to get into the habit of taking the catch with the arms because and then spend the rest of the session trying to stop taking the catch with the arms. So I think that that's an important uh, side of the warm-up is to make sure that you're actually reproducing the full rowing stroke as quickly as you can. There's no reason why you need to warm up bits of the body at a time from a body warm-up perspective because if you did full stroke rowing but just not with a high intensity then that's going to warm up all the body parts at once and and to me that makes sense from a from a warm-up perspective. The mind warm-up though is different so with the mind warm-up that's where you want to put in a number of pauses and checks and to make sure that you're reinforcing that your mind's actually getting into gear as far as the correct posture for the rowing stroke. So uh, I've known, Lachlan, when you're out on the water, you, you do tend to have a bit of a mind warm-up and, uh, and you sort of combine the two, I suppose, a bit of body and a bit of mind. Yeah, the, as far as the body goes, I think the only thing that really uh, relates to warming up is when you first get on the water, you know, I start rowing full slide, you know, I don't, don't do any arms only anymore. I used to, but now I just don't see the point in it. So... Um, I j- just basically maybe I'm rowing at three-quarter slide, something like that to, to start with, but it's more just getting the body loosened up, not trying to stretch too far uh, at, at the start of the, the session. And so just basically easing my body in over maybe the first, you know, 20, 30, 40 strokes, something like that, just uh, just to get to full length without, you know, straining or stretching anything too quickly. I usually find by about that point that, that I'm all set, you know, physically. But uh, from a mental point of view, uh, there's there's certain things that I know make my boat go faster that I'm not so good at. So, for example, you know, there's during the warm-up, I'll do a lot of uh, body-over pauses. So I really need to get that that good position with the ha- arms away, body-over, small, small break in the legs, and uh, just get used to that. So I'll do a few pauses like that. Then, uh, you know, we row for maybe... A thousand meters, something like that. Just doing our exercises, getting in the right headspace. Then you know all the rollers that I'm with and the coach, we all stop. We do some roll-ups. So basically, just staying in the one spot, 
you know, depending on the day, we might do a different variation of it. So, you know, we could do square blade roll up. So without feathering, uh, sometimes, you know, uh, John gets us to do uh, what he calls, you know, two finger roll ups or, or flat palm roll ups where we just tap down, just have the thumbs on the end, fingers straight out. So not curling around the oars and have the blade square. And so that's, that's quite difficult, but it's basically just another way that we try and get our um, our minds in the pattern of having flat wrists when we tap out and, and feather so we don't drop our wrists. So basically there's a whole heap of different exercises that you can do to, to get the mind into the right, the right frame and uh, you know, get, get started. And if you're in a crew boat, I find that it's, it's very handy to be able to do pauses with the entire crew and make them part of the routine of the warm-up. Often I see crews out there warming up, particularly in bigger boats like an eight, for example, and they'll warm up the bow or the stern four first and then they'll uh, warm up the, the other. And if the weather's cold, then, then you find that the, they go through their full routine of going arms and then arms, body, arms, body, and, and legs a bit and, and so on. Then it takes quite a time. And so the people that warmed up first, then they just get cold while the others are warming up. A much better deal would be to warm them all up together. If balance is an issue, then have two sit out and rotate through the boat so that the, no one's sitting idle for, for more than, say, four or five strokes. And so you can warm up a crew quite well that way by cycling through the boat. Now, from a mind warm-up, though, you'll find that it's a good way to get the crew together. So if you're in an eight or a quad and you go through a series of standard pauses, so you might do a hands away, body over pause. And if the crew do that together, then the idea is that they're getting their getting their mind in sync, that they're all rowing together and they've all got the same pause point, they've got their bodies in the same point, the right posture at that point, and that's a way of getting their mind switched on as to what, what they're doing as a crew. And you can do all sorts of variations on that depending on where the issues are with the crew. You may find that uh, they're coming down the slide too fast, so you might want to do a, a pause at the finish, which is just there, just a momentary pause so they're all together and then they rock over and come to half slide and do another pause and then come into the catch uh, and maybe pause at three quarters. So there's a range of pauses like that. I think are really useful in getting crew uh, harmony and togetherness and, and therefore better timing, better rhythm. Uh, I think they're important as well. Yeah, the, the exercises that you do uh, during the warm-up are usually uh, like a, a supercharged version of the rowing stroke, so it really makes it a lot harder to get it right because you're sort of putting it under the microscope, whatever part of the stroke it is. Mm. So, if, for example, if you're doing, a, say, a roll-up and then you take one stroke, that one stroke has a lot of load on it and you have to be really careful. For example, I lift with my shoulders at the catch uh, you have to be really careful not to do that when the boat is completely stationary. It's a lot easier not to do it when the boat's moving. So it's a good way to sort of bring out any flaws in the rowing stroke to the surface and, you know, get it, if you can, you know, let the athletes know, you know, what they might be doing wrong during those, you know, roll-ups and one strokes, single strokes, two strokes, then they've got something that they can focus on for the rest of the session and, you know, it's that's important to you know to to improve as an athlete to be able to you know take that on board and go from there the the other thing that i think is often you know 
not really thought of with a warm-up, but I think it should be sort of included under the same umbrella. It's all preparing you to have a good row is uh, is your nutrition. So so what are you eating before you go rowing? Are you eating at all? You know, what do you eat when you're out there? And, um, you know, I've, I've found that I have the, be- the best, co- best rows I have usually happen, you know, say I have a, a small bowl of, of cereal, maybe like, I don't know, half an hour, hour before I actually row. So get up, have breakfast straight away. Not too big, so I want it to be able to be mostly digested by the time I get to the row. You know, I'll make sure I take out a drink bottle and I usually put some, you know, electrolyte in there and some, some maltodextrin just to give me some energy uh, throughout the row because usually, usually the rowing sessions are, you know, one and a half, sometimes two hours. And, um, you know, if you're doing you know, reasonably solid workloads, you'll have burnt up most of your glycogen by the, the you know, the 40, 45 minute mark. And after that, you'll probably hit the wall or start feeling bad. You'll be burning fat and protein for energy and it's, it's not ideal. And I found that a big change in my training happened when I did start taking out that, that extra food and making sure I ate well before training. And of course, I try and eat as soon after training as possible too. Another you know, small meal, sort of like a bowl of cereal, something like that. Um, yeah, just some, some oats and soy milk. So just trying to make sure my body's optimally fueled you know, before, during and after the session so I can really have the best chance of making a good physiological change from whatever work I've done. Yeah, absolutely. And, and sometimes you find with beginners and with school kids uh, when they're rowing is that they they tend to be in a rush and they tend to easy for them to skip meals and then you'll find that they're irritable and not paying attention and, and not really focusing on what's going on and quite often that's a, that's a food issue. And so nutrition is really important. Also, when they get off the water, I know it's not really warm up, but in the post rowing phase, is it's important to have some carbohydrate and protein within about 15, 20 minutes uh, because that'll actually help uh, in muscle recovery and, and get your, your muscles in better shape ready for the next session. Another thing that's important too with the warm-up is that you want to try and gauge the warm-up a little bit to the sort of work that you're going to be doing in the session. So if you're going to be doing some fast work in the session, then I'd suggest you want to have part of the warm-up to be at the same pace that you're going to be doing in the in the session. So if you've got a piece, uh, structured piece coming up where you're going to get as high as say 30 strokes a minute then I'd suggest in your warm-up before you start the piece then you include in there a short piece that's at 30 strokes a minute just to get your mindset and your body used to that that speed that you're going to be working at later on don't do it out front though I'd suggest go out there and and do a relatively slow warm-up until you get warmed up and then at the finish of the warm-up I do a little bit of fast stuff, but only up to the speed that you're going to be doing. So if the session's going to be a rate 20 long piece, then there's no need to do any fast work before you before you commence it. But if you're going to do some, some fast work, then I'd suggest include a bit of it in your warm-up, which particularly applies to if you imagine warming up for a race. And so when you're about to race, Lachlan, how do you deal with your warm-up for a race? Well, it depends what kind of race it is, um, you know, so sometimes I'm happy to you know try and be really relaxed about the whole thing. So, you know, not get too stressed out about it, not do too many practice starts, for example. 
you know, just try and get my head in a good space for, you know, performing, performing well. I don't, you know, for me, I don't want to get too anxious when I get down to the start line. So, you know, I usually try and take it easy, try and get a good feel for the boat, you know, rehearse in my head what I'm, what I'm going to be focusing on. Uh, you know, basically, you know, when you're, when you're under the pump, there's, you're going to need all the preparation you can get mentally because, you know, you forget most things that you're doing. And so for me, I'm always, you know, focused on have, keeping a long stroke no matter what. doesn't matter if it's a headwind, tailwind, need to keep a long stroke, need to be, you know, nice and clean with it, need to be nice and light, light sort of feeling. And, um, you know, you, you can do practice starts, you know, if, if you want. Uh, if it's really terrible conditions and, you know, you think that the practice starts are going to make you worse <laughs> for the race than, than better or you don't want to fill your boat up with water or, or whatever, you know, it's, it's sort of a play it by ear. Um, but having, a, having some sort of routine is, is really good. Get a little bit of control from something that's, you know, going to be quite stressful situations, always a good move. And so in a race situation too, it's important to have a plan B and have a plan C if necessary. So sometimes things don't go to plan. For example, the easiest one where things don't go to plan is if something breaks as you're getting on the water or there's a queue of boats to get onto the water off the pontoon, so you end up being later than you want it to be. And so you, if you've got a structured warm-up, then you want to have an alternate one in case you don't have enough time. The other thing that gets in the way quite often is if the weather's bad. And so if it's cold and miserable and difficult rowing conditions and you don't really want to spend a lot of time out on the water before the race because uh, you're going to get cold and, and it's unpleasant. So you may then have an alternate warm-up you do when you don't have a lot of time and the weather's bad. Uh, one thing that's important to do if you can, and a lot of courses you can't do this, but, but often you can, is if you're doing starts, if the, if the conditions are uh, quite windy, or difficult, then if you're going to do practice starts or a practice race piece before you get to the start line, then I'd suggest if it's possible, do it uh, in the same direction as the race. So if, for example, you're doing some practice starts and you do them uh, in a strong tailwind, when you know that the actual start you're going to do at the race is going to be in a strong headwind, then they're going to feel quite different. And so you'll be calmer when you're in the race situation if you can practice in the same condition so in that case you'd practice into the headwind often that's not possible but if you can do it then i suggest try to practice in the same direction as the uh, as the race is going to be so do your basic warm-up sure going down to the start but if you possibly can then then try to do the your practice starts and your practice race piece uh, in the same direction as the course not always possible some courses are pretty difficult to navigate because there's not a lot of spare space but uh, so in a, when you're racing in, in rough water, Lachlan, you find that, that the, um, the, the warm-up is harder to do? You just don't have enough time? Well, when the weather's bad, it's always harder to, to feel like you're actually in a good frame of mind for, for doing the race. Like, you know, your strokes won't feel clean. You'll probably be unbalanced. You know, lots of things won't be going your way, basically. So, I don't know. I, yeah, everyone's sort of in the same same situation when it comes to that. So, all your competitors will be thinking the same thing. So, you really just have to do what you can at the time and uh, and 
you know, give it your best when, when the time comes. Yeah, I think you'll find that it's easier if you've got a few alternates, depending on what the course is like, what the weather's like, how much time you've got, and you can quite easily switch from one to the other because if you get fixated on saying I need to do at least 20 minutes of, of paddling before I can start, then you may well find that often you can't just can't do that and you want yeah, to especially on that's race okay. day. You, yeah. you, know, you can't. There's lots of things that will change everything. So you have to be you know, mentally prepared for, for that to happen. And, you know, one way to do that is just to sort of, you know, play it by ear, have a few key things you want to get done and you get them done and then you've got a few bonus things you can do if you want. But, you know, you have to say to yourself that it's not necessary for you to have a good row because, yeah, if you think you're going to need to do a complicated warm-up and for whatever reason you can't, then, you know, you don't want to be thinking, oh, I'm going to have a bad row now because of it. No. Where it's just your mind that's holding you back. Sometimes you might find too that if the weather's bad, then you can have an alternate warm-up that includes a bit more land work. So it's, you can get it done on the land before you get onto the water. Yeah. Uh, but uh, as Lachlan says, it's really just about mapping out a few alternatives and, and being and understanding that all of those alternatives are okay. Yeah. And don't get stressed about it because that's just going to make you less relaxed and therefore you, you're almost guaranteed to have a worse row if you're not relaxed. And it's good to experiment, you know, you won't know straight away exactly what you, is the best warm-up for you personally and uh, and you should try to do whatever you can to personalise your warm-up to make it ideal for, for you and, um, you know, then try and work out how that's going to work if you're in a crew environment and, yeah, then you can have a good plan for, for no matter what you're what your warm-up routine's going to be. Mm. No, definitely. And you'll find some athletes perform better when they come into the start with not much time left. And some athletes get a bit stressed about that and want to have a lot of time sitting at the start before they before they race. So just work out what sort of athlete you are and, and make it work. Yeah. So, so in summary, I think the, the critical thing with the warm-up is to, is to make sure you understand what you're doing and why you're doing it. And... Don't forget that you've got to warm up both your body and your mind. You've got to get into the right frame of mind to be able to have a good row. And so both aspects of the warm-up are important. And food, of course, is always important. So warm-ups, very important thing. And if you can make them a routine, I think you'll get better outcomes from that. Yeah. There are a few things to think about, but essentially a warm-up or, a warm-up or preparation is basically trying to get you in the right frame of mind and physically in the right space to be able to perform at your best whether it's training whether it's racing so as long as you're making sure you answer that that call then you'll you'll be fine so next week we're going to talk about uh, training on the ergo so using the ergo as a training tool uh, what you can do to make yourself faster on the water and what you can do to make yourself faster on the ergo if you like the podcast please subscribe to it uh, if you want to know more about what we do, it's best to head over to our website, decentrowing.com. We've got an email list there where we send out uh, you know, tips and tricks on rowing, uh, send it out on a regular basis. We also have some paid memberships. Uh, those paying members can access all of our content. I think by now we've probably got about 700 videos on there as well as heaps of training programs, training pieces, and you know lots of good stuff. Um, it's a, there's one month free trial option, uh, yearly options, group memberships, uh, you can cancel any time. So if you want to head over, uh, we'd love to see you there and otherwise we'll see you next time.